Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. Girl, I do Some bad hat, Andrew. It's a cool show. Good idea, not a doctor. Bye, have a beautiful from you, love. Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing The Sopranos Season 6 Part 1. Damask Leary, how are you in Western Australia? I'm pretty good in WA. Um, you know, I've just been catching up on the latest season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which is ah. surprisingly amazing this year. Oh, good. Um, and as well as that, I've just watched the first episode of Loki, which has just dropped. Now, of course, we're going to be <laughs> reviewing Loki once all mm-hmm. of its episodes of the season are out. Of course, of course. Um, but do you want to briefly just going to give your initial impressions? Mm, sure. Um, I'm really excited. And like I said, like first episode, who knows where we go. But at this yeah. point in time, really excited. It. I'm not going to say exceeded, but I think it met my expectations, which were really high. Yes. Because, like, WandaVision was so fucking good and Winter Soldier and Falcon was not, in my opinion. <laughs> um, so, I was like, oh, maybe WandaVision was, like, a one-off. But Loki makes me think, I don't think it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, the whole concept, I love. The cast is great. Mm-hmm. I laughed. I got very emotional. And this is just in episode one. So, yeah, I think good things are ahead. Fingers crossed. I agree. I think just on a very superficial level, I love the style of this show. I love yes. the production design in particular. There's a mm. there's a there's a sequence early on or midway through the the episode where Owen Wilson's character takes Loki into his like office area. They have a chat mm. for a, for an extended part of the episode. Actually, it's really good. Just two people talking, mm. and. They keep cutting to this wide of the shot. I'm like, I reckon they just keep cutting because they know it looks amazing. Because they know the production design of this. I kept saying Very to Steph, likely. it's like, Steph, look, look at that. She wasn't like, I was watching it without her. She's in the room. I was like, just look, look how cool this place looks. Um, production design looks amazing. I love the music. Mm-hmm. I think Tom Hilson and Owen Wilson have a really natural chemistry. Yes, um, Which is great. And there was bugger all action and it could not have mattered less. Yeah. And it's having a heap of fun with like established... MCU law, so like, mm. I had a thought while I was watching it. I was like, mm. how long until they come out with like TVA like jumpsuit pajamas? Sure, you know, like, I was uh, like, I really fucking want that. TVA could be some fun branding yeah. merch stuff out there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did want to bring up briefly just before we get into our review. Off topic, hot topic. We try to do it about once a month. We try to be on top of the news. I'm checking like news websites. Just before we're going on, even during sometimes we have a break. Of course, when we recorded last week, our Off Topic Hot Topic, while we were recording, it was announced 
uh, from FX, their TV adaptation of the claimed Brian K. Vaughan graphic novel series, Why the Last Man. The first episode of that show will air on September 13th of this year. That mm-hmm. is just three months away. Yeah. A show I've been praying for for <laughs> so long. a decade plus <laughs> is apparently three months away from actually existing in a space where I can see it realised. So, mm. I, I hope I was the world with- doesn't end before then. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the way this year's going. They'll, they'll somehow, there'll be a lockdown in Victoria that will mean we can't watch anything that's on Hulu or something like that. I don't know, <laughs> um, just to get in my way. No, it's funny because last time we talked about F, uh, Why the Last Man, I sort of came out like, I'm kind of exhausted. I don't know if I can mm. be hard anymore. Now mm. that it has a release date, and it feels a bit more like it's actually going to happen. Mm. I'm cautiously excited again. That's good. I'm After everything that's happened, I'm... Pretty sure it's going to be really bad. <laughs> That's the funny thing. I don't think there's any reason to think it's going to be bad. I think. Don't you? After everything well, it's, that's happened? It's, the thing, it's not like it's one production that's been mm. trying to get going. For, this is not like a Terry Gillum, um, The Man of La Mancha. Yeah. You know, or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's not like the same production which has gone through. Because it's like it started with one group of people. It didn't work out. They mm. moved it to a different script writer. It didn't work out. They finally decided to make it into a movie. Like into a TV show, I should say. You know, it, if someone brings the right idea and understands the material properly and the right people are involved, mm. there's no reason for this to be bad. It should be great. It is a question of maybe if it's just a bit too late. <laughs> yeah, it feels a bit old hat now, doesn't it? But, you know, That's fingers the crossed for you, Brad. Fingers it could have crossed. been some of the most groundbreaking television ever mm. about five to ten years ago. And now yeah. it might just be like, oh, yeah. I've seen this. Yep. We will say, in the meantime, let's get to our spoiler-free review of The Sopranos Season 6, Part 1. Let me clue you in. Season in review. A year after watching Tony race through knee-deep snow, things seem to be going pretty well for the New Jersey mob boss, with no chance of anything unexpected or life-changing happening anytime soon. Sopranos Season 6 Part 1 consists of 12 episodes, each coming in at around 52 minutes and took us approximately 10 hours and 25 minutes to watch. Damask, this is our sixth time around watching The Sopranos and reviewing a season of it, in this case a half season of it, Mm -hmm. full season depending on how different people interpret it. Tell the audience, before you get to your spoiler-free review, how you felt about the show thus far. Oh, do I have to? A little bit. Just, just briefly. <laughs> it's, um, it started off and I was like, okay, I can see why this is good um, or why, you know, it has the reputation that it does. Um, you could see, you know, the makings of why it's held in such reverence. Um, then we went on and I was like, I'm losing interest. I don't like any of these people. Why am I here? That went on for quite a while. Then last season, I was like, oh, I care about this. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Um, let's see how they wrap it up since they've only got one season left, but really it's two. So let's see what happens. Um, yeah, that's my very quick rundown. <laughs> sure, sure. Mine's We've been doing similar. this for so long. I'm so yeah. tired. I know. it does. It's like we need to get to that finish line because we have been stretching this out over a long period of time now. Uh, started in a similar place. Really liked season one. Sort of was colder on season two. Again on season three. We sort of talked about last time. It felt like it was going on sort of like a U-shaped trajectory. It was like yep. season three had been the low point to this point. It was mm. starting to rise in season four again. Season five, both of us, I think, were surprised by how much we enjoyed 
season five. Yeah, definitely. And then we're thinking, well, maybe, you know, this is just leading outwards out of the valley and, you know, we're going to hit a peak right as the show comes to an end. For whatever reason, I think there's a number of reasons that come to mind. This show definitely hasn't, like, hit us the way I would have expected considering how highly regarded it is. Mm. Uh, I think I can see why it's respected. I can see how it is the grandfather of prestige TV. But so long has passed since then, literally two decades, that a lot of what would have been groundbreaking at the time now seems old hat, particularly for people like us who have sort of grown into television just after Sopranos uh, and have been really heavily invested in the last decade or two and missed the Sopranos boat to begin with. Yeah, this does feel a little bit done and yeah, of a bygone era. With all that in mind, Damas, would you like to give us your spoiler-free review of The Sopranos Season 6, Part 1? Once again, Broad, honour and a privilege, honour and a privilege just to be here. Okay. (laughs) Look, I'll be honest, I'm not sure how much more I have to say about this show, um, which is a terrible way to start a review, but I just want you all to be prepared. Um, The show is what it is. You know, very little happens and when stuff does happen, it doesn't seem to mean that much. You know, life goes on. The show isn't about the big things. It's about small things and that's fine. But it doesn't leave me feeling like, oh my God, I got to talk about this show. I got to call my friends. Um, that's not happening. You just make uh, a podcast instead. <laughs> I'll just tell people around the world who probably don't care either. Um, look, there were certain aspects of this season that I did like. Um, and often in my notes, I would write, oh, I would definitely watch a show about this. There are a bunch of setups or concepts that I think are really entertaining conceptually. And I was happy to watch what I did get of them this season. Uh, but <laughs> life never really changes. And The Sopranos sure does want you to know that. I watch The Sopranos like I listen to someone telling me about their day. You know, I focus in on the major points, but for the most part, I drift when they tell me, you know, what they had on their toast or what time they arrived at an appointment. And a lot of this show is toast and appointments. People can praise it. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, yeah. I mean, Dr. Melfi is like, you know, there's usually one scheduled into every episode. Yeah. I can tell you about, uh, I went to my therapist the other day. Oh, this is what we talked to. That's ex- that is this show, isn't yes. it? Um, and people, you know, can and do praise this show for being anticlimactic. But like, I just don't vibe with that. You know, I can see what you're doing, Sopranos, and it's just not my style. You know, the show had some emotional peaks last season, thanks to one character's journey in particular. But that isn't in this season and call me crazy, but I need something a little more interesting and captivating. I guess one of the more impressive things about this show is its hypnotic nature. You know, I'm not, when I'm watching it, I'm not really enjoying myself and yet I don't feel angry watching it, which I often do when I have to watch something for the podcast that I'm not into. Like it just kind of, it's like The Sopranos happens to me. Like I'm so <laughs> passive with it now. Um, you know, it's, it's a way to pass a day is watching a season of Sopranos. But other than that, it's not going on my list of favourites, you know. I think once we're done reviewing this show, I'll probably just forget about it. Hey, thank forget you, thank about you. it. I was so proud when I wrote that. I was like, <laughs> genius. Someone give Beautiful. me a comedy series. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of things. Kabagoo. There's a couple of things I want to agree with you on this. Okay, um, and then you're going to fight one, me? Oh, can't wait. No, no. No, I'm not going to be fighting you at all. The... <laughs> 
I agree with you that it's 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 disappointing to come to this at season six and not feel like I've got a lot to say. Yeah. But maybe that's part of the problem with the show. Mm. Is I think we've done shows that have gone for numerous seasons and always felt like there was an angle that we could discuss with that. I think of something like mm-hmm. Orange is the New Black, which had its peaks and its troughs, but usually had enough of something going on in a season, mm. a concept or an idea or a flavor to at or least something go- something to be angry about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. There was yeah. enough there to be able to go like, I'm super disappointed by this, or I was really happy they finally did this thing, or this thing was really strong. And I agree with you that one of the- it's one of the interesting things about how the surprises sort of rolled out so far is it's felt like most seasons have sort of had like someone it's felt a little bit like unplanned but every season somebody from the outside comes in creates a situation that's complex for Tony we spend 13 episodes sort of tiptoeing around that until it finally <laughs> comes to a head and we move on but mostly just watching him eat ice cream but mostly just watching him eat ice cream while he watches the discovery channel and then goes <laughs> to the fridge and finds there's no turkey yeah. and has a whinge about that <laughs> Um, but that is maybe the problem. And a word that I came to as I got towards the end of this season, which I did not expect, was stale. Mm -hmm. I was really starting to feel like the show, for all its hypnotic nature that you talk about, I, I'm just, I think the show is very, very, has been one note from start to finish. And Mm -hmm. what's disappointing is that I don't think that's not necessarily the show that's all the show should have or does have to offer t- uh, theoretically. Mm. For instance, last season had what I think both of us feel was probably the peak emotionally yeah. and mm-hmm. dramatically the show has ever had. Mm-hmm. And that suggested to me that maybe it felt like it was going to do some stuff like that. And so far, this if we're, this half season of season six mm. didn't really go there. It indulged some of its more creative, weird elements a little bit. Yeah. And I did find the front half of the season to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. I thought some of the ways that they challenged Tony this season in a general sense mm. to be good, it worked here and there. Yep. And then some of the stuff that happened in the back half of the season, I really thought was very clumsily handled to the point of wishing it wasn't there at all. And I felt like I kind of care about this. I just don't care about the way the show is handling it. I don't think it's sophisticated mm-hmm. enough to do what it wants to do here. Um, and I think that is a maybe a product of the time. I think it is maybe a product of the writers. And something that I've started to realize as the show has gone on, for such a prestige show, it's sometimes awfully written. <laughs> like really, really poorly written. Mm. There was a line in episode two or three. It was Meadow talking to AJ. And she says... I'll stay if you want to pee or anything. (laughs) And I was like, that's a line that was written in a script. (laughs) And someone had to learn and say. I was like, that's not how a human being talks. Oh, hey, John, it's great to see you here. Yeah, exactly, right? It was like there was something about either the writing or or if it's not that, it was the direction and the performance. I was like, that was not a human being talking there. And it's that disconnect sometimes. Mm. And And this also happens in the way the show is edited. And maybe I've become more clued into that since I found out that the creator is also the editor of the show. Mm. But the that explains is that, really that like wipe that we saw yes. last season that we were so confused by. Yeah. David Chase is apparently edits every episode as well. Mm-hmm. And there were some there are some mind-boggling edits that 
I wish someone was in the room to say, David, that was terrible. Please don't do that. <laughs> so <laughs> distracting. Yeah. It's distracting, clunky. Editing is the is an art form should be invisible and it's often not. The amount of times that a conversation will be happening and we just suddenly cut to a completely different time right in the middle of what I thought was an interesting conversation mm. baffles me. <laughs> one, of, one of my favourites, though, was like the decision to have Melfi and Tony having a therapy session mm. immediately, immediately followed by Melfi having a therapy session with her therapist. But no, nothing in between, nothing to bridge the two scenes, really. Mm-hmm. Just a non sequitur that now we're talking about Melfi talking to her therapist and her therapist being interested in what's happening with Tony. Mm-hmm. That didn't actually relate back to the scene before it. It was just, let's just have two therapy sessions in a row. It just like, it feels really clunky sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to realize there's actually a lot to be critical of in this show. Mm. And one of the other things we've noticed previously is that there's this pattern that was happening in seasons, right? Of they start strong, they have this really weak section of episodes in the middle of a season, mm. and then it rises to a good ending. Yeah. Well, if this is season six, we had the relatively strong start. And this part one ends right in the middle of the I don't know what we're doing here anymore part, <laughs> which means I will hope- like. And this this isn't a spoiler, I promise everyone. But I feel like what's happening in the very final scene, all of how the many actors- times have we done it? How many times have we done it? First and foremost, I feel yeah, like we've done like, it multiple times in this show. Yeah, already. just hold on. But like all the actors in that scene look like they had been called to set early and were just waiting to begin. It was. <laughs> So weird. <laughs> I, I just felt like that scene, what it was sort of accomplishing, has been done numerous times as mm. on, over the show's run. A very similar type of scene. The end of season one, which actually gets a mention, sort of is like this. Um, there are, I think even the end of last season, perhaps, sort of does moments like this. There mm. are, And it's like, why is this the beat we're ending on now, we are entering the finale of this show. I don't understand why this is where we're at now. Yeah. Because it feels like we could have been here or have been here before. Point being, if the seasons on pattern tend to rise towards a grand finale, well, this is its opportunity because it's only the ending to go. Mm-hmm. Nine fucking episodes left of this show. And now's its chance to end not just this season on a strong note, but the show as a whole. Yes. Yes. But, um, yes. But I'm surprised after being so into season five that season six part one left me feeling as sort of lackluster as I do, is where I'm at. Final (laughs) score out of five, Damask, how would you rate this season out of five stars? How would you rate it compared to the rest of the seasons that we've reviewed so far? Um, I'm going to give it a 3.5 because that's what I gave season three, which is my most hated season. Sure. Um, I, and I didn't hate actively hate it like I did season three. Um, so I can't give it lower, but I certainly can't give it a four. So I've yeah. got, I've just got to like, by the way, the numbers are falling. It's got to be a 3.5. So in terms of like where that fits, every other season is four, except for season one, which I gave five. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I gave season three, which is also my least favorite season, a three. I'm going to give this 3.5. It is better than season three from mm-hmm. memory. It's been a yep. long time since we did that one. Um, but it's a middling season at best of The Sopranos, I think. It has some really high moments. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with some of the places that it goes, at least conceptually. 
as a season of television, though, I'm baffled by sort of what it is, how it's formulated, where it ends up, why we are where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Especially if I want to be really critical for a second and compare it to another show that did a split season thing. Bojack. With, well, Bojack's a perfect example. Mm. They knew how to end in a place that made you really want to see that what happens in the last section of episodes. I'd say the same thing for Breaking Bad and mm. not to the same extent, but I'd say the same thing for Mad Men. Um, where that all those places ended, all those half seasons went to their mid-season break, making me go, I'm interested to see what happens next at the very least. If not, holy shit, I can't wait to see what happens next. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to ask everyone, every single one of you who enjoys the show to please review us on Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show to grow more than by throwing five stars and maybe a couple of nice words our way. And to make it an offer you can't refuse, if we reach 25 written reviews on Apple Podcasts, we will finally review Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1. We would also love you to share hunting seasons with your family. (laughs) (laughs) You think might also enjoy listening. Next week, we'll be back with our review of The Handmaid's Tale Season 4. If you'd like to contribute to our discussion of The Handmaid's Tale, or if you have any thoughts on The Sopranos, you can write to us or send us an audio recording that we may include on a future episode to contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or find us on Twitter at HuntingSCast. But right now, let's talk spoilers for The Sopranos Season 6 Part 1. You're now entering the Spoiler Zone. Spoiler warning. From here on, we'll be discussing everything that happens in Season 1 to Episode 12 of Season 6 of The Sopranos. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of The Sopranos up to this point. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You You have have been warned. warned. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. Anything in particular you would like to talk about to begin Proceedings Damask? My notes are so sparse. It's um, a little intimidating. I'll start with something light. Mm. Um, I would like to tell Carmela, I don't give a fuck about your house. (laughs) (laughs) Just like Tony. Just like Tony. Exactly. Shut up about the fucking house. Uh, That went nowhere. That's, that's a solid prediction from you. You mean, yeah, what the the thing they introduced to make it to give Carmela something to do ended Some up purpose. being nothing. Yep. 
In- Pointless. Instead, they like turn the purpose into her complaining about having no purpose. It's brilliant. They like set it up. They're like, we don't actually want you to do this. So we're going to put a roadblock in the way for you that is impassable until the end of this half of the season. Mm -hmm. Now, realistically though, what really frustrates me is it's only actually a vehicle for like Tony sort of getting his way. When she's interested in her spec house, he's complaining that things aren't being done around the house. So he goes out of his way or doesn't go out of his way to help her Mm -hmm. as he would. Once he finally needs her to get off the trail of what happened to Adriana, then he's going to lean on this inspector guy or whatever and it happens. And like that is an episode's worth of content spread out over an entire, basically an entire season. And it just means Carmela is moping around the house going, but what about my spec house? And <laughs> fuck it is boring. Uh, it truly is. Um, all right. So I'll, I'll give us something more serious to talk about because Carmela is really nothing this season. I think she had some great had moments some great in like moments. episode two. Like I thought, yes. fuck yeah, like so good. Um, but otherwise I think we can probably move on pretty quickly from Carmela other than telling her that she's boring. Um, so obviously what's this? Well, nothing's happening this season, but you know, we hear Carmela kind of talking about the irrelevance of their lives and how things just kind of go on. People move on, things change. uh, Everyone gets forgotten. Travel show she does with Ro to Paris. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which was one of the times I was like, well, I would watch, you know, two mob wives go to gay Paris. <laughs> but, like, that sounds like a great kind of movie to me. But in terms of the execution of this, it wasn't overly interesting. But obviously the show is telling us that things just happen and life goes on and people don't really change. And it's just, I guess that could be interesting. But for whatever reason, I don't find it interesting on this show to watch. Well, it, it's the opposite of a story, right? <laughs> like, that's a nature documentary. Then. I guess I'm just that's a slut a, for a story. I, I know. And it's How not dare you? What How I dare want. you expect storytelling in your television? Oh, no, My God. Great. No, it's. Uh, I agree with that. I don't necessarily think that's exactly. I mean, it is telling us that. I think from a Carmela point of view, it's trying to get her to stop worrying so much about things like little things the little things she's constantly you know worried about the spec house she's constantly worried about dealing with aj who is a complete cunt and like yeah fair enough you're having a hard time with that and meadows moving away to california (laughs) to follow that dickhead who i don't care about and it's driving her nuts things going quite well with tony for the most part like this is the best they've been you know since getting back together Mm mm-hmm and that's not necessarily the thing she's worried about this season. And she gets a holiday because she wants a holiday and she gets some perspective from travel and mm-hmm. she comes home. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not, it's not inspired. I don't think it's inspired. I don't, I think there's a million other ways to have something like that happen and, and for it to be much more dramatically interesting than I really want a holiday. Tony can I have a holiday. Sure. You can have a t- holiday, Carmela and gets over there and, you know, gets a bit of history and then comes home and everything's better. Like, that's... I don't know. Is that what happened this season? Mm. It felt like it. I just keep thinking, you know, in terms of, like, storytelling and the whole kind of want versus need and, you know, Mm. through that, like, the hero's journey. Like, I feel like we get the wants and we get the need, but nothing actually propels us for any kind of story and, like, I guess an arc in terms of those conflicting things. 
well, so where things have been, let's go to Carmela as an example, though, where things have been most interesting is when she was playing or toying with the idea of being with uh, Furio mm. in like season four or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, come on, Carmela, let's do that thing because that's what you want and let's find out what happens when you go there. And it didn't happen, but she kicks Tony out because the Guma situation, whatever it was. And they get back together. And that was last season was relatively interesting. It was that mm-hmm. conflict of what I should do versus what I want. And mm-hmm. trying to figure out like she tried seeing other people and that didn't work out and realized that for whatever reason, maybe just staying with Tony was the best option for her. And there was some happiness and equal parts sadness in that decision. It also probably happened to season two early because I didn't have anything for to do this season. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? No, I do. Yeah. No, I'm just, you know, that's how I am right now with it. I, I don't I'm, know. I'm I wondering what so, I'm doing here still is the problem. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is I feel adrift. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I've been abandoned to hang out <laughs> with these people and the writers have taken a nap. And I'm like, when are you going to infuse this with something for me to watch? And they haven't. And I feel alone. Okay. So what did work for you this season then? Was there any, it probably didn't work for the whole season, I'm going to guess, mm, mm-hmm. but was there any chunks of the season, any storylines in particular or characters mm-hmm. or ideas or themes that yeah. were like, oh, okay, this is actually interesting? So so I mentioned earlier that like the two mob wives in Gay Paris was a film I would watch. Another mm-hmm. instance of me going, I would fucking watch this show is Mobster on the Run moves to a small town in New Hampshire and falls in love with a fireman. Isn't that Fuck what that yes. show that the actor who plays Silvio is meant to be? The one that uh, someone else suggested to us? We're like saying, oh, I wish it was more Silvio. And then I think it was Steve, my, Stephen, listener Stephen might have said, oh, actually, he went and did a show about being a mobster in witness protection in like a small town or something like that, American. I was like, that sounds like a good show. We should watch that one instead. I do vaguely remember that, yeah. <laughs> but I just, I don't know. Every time we were hanging out with Vito, it was when he had left and also mm-hmm. moments just before he left as well I was very invested um for someone who like was such a side character mm. I w- was really invested in his like happiness and like liberation and his journey there but obviously knowing the show it's probably going to end badly mm-hmm. um I thought the relationship was like cute I mean they rode minus motorcycles together to like a small pond and were like rolling around in the flowers. It felt like, and I don't know <laughs> David Chase at all. I don't know mm-hmm. who else was writing this show. It felt like a very straight man's version of what a gay romance looks like. Yeah, totally. I, nothing about it felt convincing. Or... I mean, the fact that this guy is a mustache having firefighter yes. who drives a motorbike. Yes. Yeah, of course. But also that he could just be a gay man enjoying culture. I don't know. But um, yeah, totally. It felt a bit... I don't think there was a gay person in that writer's room, sure. When, when, that's what I was talking about in my spoiler free review. Like, when I felt like it was doing something really clunky and like it wasn't sophisticated enough to do this storyline, it might have been revolutionary. It might have been groundbreaking at the time, but it is so far behind what I would expect from a conversation mm-hmm. and a storyline like this to be nowadays mm-hmm. as to be kind of embarrassing. In retrospect, and it's again, it's not fair. I'm follow- I'm watching this 20 years yeah. after it happened, but I think and it's it such was a good idea times. for a show. Like I would fucking sure. watch the shit no. out of that show. Often though, often things in this show are good concepts. It's yeah. the execution or the lack of follow through that frustrates me. 
And again, that's built into the show. But like, it's little things that worry me about, that frustrate me about why the show does things the way that it does. For instance, when Vito decides he can't actually live a life of actual labor in this small town, it's Mm. not going to work for him, right? I love that little scene of the conversation he's had about trying to like convince himself that was later in the day. I thought that was fantastic because I've had that conversation. (laughs) Oh, we all have. In my head. I know exactly what that feels like. When he sees the time, it's not even 10 o'clock yet. And that exasperated (laughs) fuck that he gives is just like totally get it. Mm -hmm. And when he leaves, it's like, I understand why he's leaving. What I'm still not sure why we needed and what it was meant to achieve except to make me go, I should stop caring about this guy, is when he runs up the back of the guy and then shoots him in his driveway. Mm. Like, why is that scene there? What did that achieve? What did that do from a plot perspective? What did it do from a character perspective? What did it do except remind me, oh, yeah, I shouldn't have ever invested any interest in you because you're a fucking guy who kills people for no re- for at the first sign of any trouble. Well, I think and that's exactly it. That is the purpose. Great. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me, show. <laughs> I guess I don't care anymore that he gets the shit out of him two scenes later. Yeah. Because why should I? Because he's a piece of shit. It's like, I don't, I don't know what... I, the show is constantly undermining its own drama by making these people make decisions that are monstrous. <laughs> I don't know mm. why I'm here. Um, we spent four or five episodes with Vito getting mm-hmm. quite, you know, to a place where I was like... I'm invested in this guy trying to leave. And we, like, and maybe this is my stupidity. The first episode tells us how hard it is to leave this family. It's all about this guy named Gene who suddenly comes into money and wants to move to Florida and cannot for the life of him get out. Whether it's from Tony's influence or whether it's from the FBI, he finds no way out, so he kills himself. He would. It was better to do that so his family could piss off and not have to be tied to Tony Soprano any further. Vito has the same fate. I guess anybody who is in this situation is going to have that fate. Is it that ticking time bomb situation that GJ was talking about in our spoiler discussion about Invincible, where it's just waiting for the thing to happen that we know is going to happen? Mm. But if if the ticking's not fun and the people it's (laughs) happening to, I don't give a shit about, it doesn't matter that the inevitable, you're waiting for the inevitable to happen. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like after the 15th viewing of a bomb going off, you just kind of like, all right, this is yep. just a show of people blowing up, I guess. I mean, yeah, it loses the, its impact. The one time it worked, the one time it really worked was last season. Yes. In season five. <laughs> and, and that <laughs> was because me. it was happening to somebody who felt legitimately trapped in choices that they could not escape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was the difference. <sighs> what had Adriana done so bad that she deserved the fate she had. And mm-hmm. she didn't. Whereas yeah. it's any other time it's happened, you can go, well, they were a murderous piece of shit, so they probably deserve that. Yeah. Or it was a tragic, ridiculous accident that happens all over this show, including on rides at fucking fairs now. <laughs> and like, it, it's a scenario like that where it's just a quirk of fate. That happens all the time in this show too, mm. where people just very, very, very coincidentally or at the right exact time have something awful happen to them so that there's no longer tension. <laughs> it's- well, it was interesting this season for me because obviously I feel like we'd gotten into a bit of a rhythm with this show. It was almost like every year had its big bad. 
And we didn't have that this year. Uh, veto veto situation was the was, was the big basically guy? what it was. It's like, and that's the other the part guy of that who conversation. complicates things for Tony. Yeah, that's totally. True. It was yeah. Vito was the guy that complicated things. This guy that Tony, on one hand, sympathizes with enough. He's grown enough to go. Well, oh, this guy's. <laughs> I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't kill this guy. Yeah. And then, and then, and then. When it's finally time and Tony goes, well, he's pushed it too far. I'm going to have to do that thing I don't want to do. Someone else does it for him. Mm-hmm. In a way that an episode later is not even a complication anymore. No. <laughs> it's like the thing that's still pissing whatever he got. John, the guy that's now the head of the New York family off. His name's Phil, is, I think. Phil, is it? Thing that happened yeah. to, thing that happened to Phil is the thing that happened with Tony B last season still. That's still the thing. Mm-hmm. Anything that happened this season, actually irrelevant to what his grievances are. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's not drama. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I have to listen to that guy scream about his little brother one more time, it's like same as Carmel's fucking house. I was like, shut up already. Just be quiet, you. Things I did like. Oh, can't wait for this. Yep. End of episode one, when mm-hmm. Junior shoots Tony mm. in... Uh, a moment of massive confusion for a man who is, you know, so sad, deteriorating yeah. so in such a dramatic way mentally, which has mm. been extremely sad, was truly shocking because it didn't see it coming. It happens mm. in a really artful and like surprising way. You feel the tragedy of it for both of those people. Yeah. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. Two episodes was too many, but the follow-up dream stuff with Tony mm-hmm. was relatively good. Oh, yeah, I, think- I liked episode two, like the first half, I guess, of that journey. And then when it kept going through episode three, I was like, oh, we're, we're still, still in here. purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> this is, okay. Is this the season? Mm. Yeah. Um, it, did, it shouldn't have been two episodes. It should have been one episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could have even done like just, ha- I guess, having the drama of like everybody trying to figure out what to do with Tony now that he's incapacitated mm. and then had another episode that was the dream that finished with the ending with the Tony B stuff at the house and then had him waking up and we could like just 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 told that differently even over two mm. episodes might have been more effective but spreading the dream out over two episodes didn't seem smart at all. Yeah. Um, But in terms of like getting Tony to a place where he's like, a pre- is looking at the world differently, is mm. looking at his maybe analysing his relationship to his job, to his to his role in life as the, the responsibility that comes with being the head of the family and also how much he's actually really cares about his small F family. That's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Have him trying to turn a new leaf and trying to appreciate every day that he's alive as a gift, which I legitimately think he has tried to do. And life has just done that thing where it like wears him down. Life is a gift, but every day seems to be a pair of socks is a very (laughs) funny Tony Soprano way of explaining that sensate, that thing. I like that. Mm -hmm. At least in theory. Yeah. He gets to this point of like, you know, after a near death experience and all of a sudden you see the world differently, but obviously it usually only lasts like three months tops. Um, Yep. And so he's like going through that, but then like, you know, like you said, trying to appreciate his small family more. But his family fucking sucks. And it makes me go, you shouldn't spend time with these people. <laughs> They're fucking shit. Um, and like as, a, as the season went on, I think they challenged Tony in different ways. Him actually trying to 
you know, control his urges, the conversations he has with Melfi, the advice he's giving to other people, mm. that he is then a reflection on some of the changes he could make in how he deals with things. Mm-hmm. I like on some level. It does feel like we're cramming it all into the last season. Yeah. <laughs> I do really like, you know, Melfi as kind of new junior. Like, he's because clearly he's not really growing all that much. He has limited capacity. But sure. I, I enjoyed the moments where he goes in for just straight up advice and she gives it. I was like, actually, that dynamic works for me quite well. Well, it hadn't worked the other way. <laughs> well, that's what Tony- I'm saying. It's like, because nothing was happening and part of therapy is like doing the work to facilitate change and that's not what the show wanted to do. So they had to give her another purpose and I'm okay with this new trajectory because I was getting very bored of the other one. It, it, I just think I think the other one can work. There are ways that this can happen more organically inside a show and to see a person making those decisions in the moment without having to be given the exact wording or advice directly from their mentor or advisor or whatever. Yeah. But the show's never been good at doing that. And so now it's had to, and this is where it's a writing problem, I think. It's like it's had to just say, how about you just say the thing that you want him to do so he can do it now? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know if that's a comment on Tony or if it's a t- comment on the show. Yeah, but yeah, what did you think of the dream though? Let's talk about the dream for a second. What did okay. you think about it as a, a as just a flourish, as mm-hmm. something, a different take? We've saw a whole dream episode basically last episode that I think we both enjoyed for the most part, even if it was mm-hmm. you know a bit over the head with some of its metaphors. It was having fun with like dream logic and stuff like that. And that was mm-hmm. kind of cool. And this um, one, yeah. he wakes up as Kevin Finity uh, with a, a different sort of New York accent, more of like mm-hmm. a, I, I guess it's more of like a Manhattan accent or Brooklyn accent than a New Jersey accent, I think. I could be wrong about that. Or at least less Italian. It sounded more mm. like straight. He certainly wasn't from Jersey. Wasn't from Jersey anymore. So it was fun to see, because I've not seen James Gettolfini and a whole lot else, to see him doing something that wasn't straight Tony, Debrano, Tony Soprano for the first time. Mm. I did um, notice he would like slip into the, to- the yes. New Jersey accent from Toad's time, but that's all right. Totally. And yeah, this weird dream scenario who was in where he's picked up someone else's identity and he's playing, he's like a straight businessman instead of the sort of crooked mobster that he is. Did you enjoy that? Um, While we indulge in it? Yeah, I mean, it's not something particularly like, whoa, I've never seen this before. This is a really interesting new way of doing that. Um, I was certainly, yeah, like the mystery of like who Kevin Finity is, what's the relevance of the briefcase. Um, I was was happy to go along on like this kind of fun little sidetrack because I was like, ooh, what are we going to learn here? Um, so that was, oh yeah, I, I was fine with it. I was enjoying myself. But I think I actually enjoyed the stuff happening in the hospital more. I found that more interesting. Sure. Which like, stuff in particular? Um, oh, my God. I've forgotten her name. Edie Falco. Car- Carmella. Car- thank you. Yeah, like Carmella, you know, kind of dealing with all of that. There were cute moments where like, you know, Christopher is comforting her. I love yeah. the moment where Janice comes into the hospital and she's like, you know, I'm here for whatever you guys need, like there to help. And then as soon as she walks into the actual hospital room, just starts hysterically crying and needs to be comforted. Like little moments of that, of seeing these people kind of interact without Tony being consciously there and obviously mm-hmm. dealing with a big change in their lives. 
um, and possibly down the road a bigger one if, you know, he passes away. I actually enjoy that stuff more. But I was happy to see Tony Soprano kind of hanging out at a hotel bar, I guess. It did help also that it just gave Edie Falco, like, lots to do. Yeah. I was like, oh, she's good. Which I don't always have the opportunity to do in this show. Yeah, it's just not. She's always given the opportunity. Yeah. So, like, whether it is just that the, the playing that role of not just being the worry ro- wife, but also the person who's like in charge of everyone else that's around this scenario, she was mm-hmm. really good. That that confession scene, the "I love you" scene with Tony mm-hmm. when Tony's still in the coma is brilliant. Like some excellent work. I would have. I have to guess she got nominated for an Emmy for that. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I really enjoyed that stuff as well. I liked, really liked Sylv having to like be the Me de facto yeah. leader for a while. And I love that conversation with his wife and stuff about, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, I loved it. I love just, I don't know that we'll ever really talk about that as a real possibility. So the opportunity just to see, like, what does it look mm. like if Sylv takes, you know, the biggest role in the family here and. And because he always seems so capable, because he's really good as being Tony's advisor, you'd think he'd be a natural fit. And to see that it's not necessarily mm. was, I thought, really enlightening and really it was a great of all the like side character stories that we got this season. I think that was one of my favourites because it felt the most um, authentic without mm. being over dramatised or yeah. it wasn't it wasn't um, overplayed to the point of being like getting tiresome if that makes sense like it was just got just enough of it to go oh that was really interesting to know that about Sylv now that maybe you know he yeah. isn't a natural fit for that role yeah i i wish it wasn't kind of wrapped up into him being asthmatic yeah we'd we'd like, like- that didn't it, they could have showed that he wasn't the boss that tony was um in a different way i think Everybody in this show kind of has an Achilles heel that's kind of on the nose. Yeah. Paulie just is so paranoid about everything that he's mm-hmm. overly emotional about all sorts of things. Chris has got his addiction problems. Silva apparently is asthmatic. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what we found out. Yeah. And it isn't a compelling thing. It is no compelling reason for him no. to not be this good. I think there's much better ways to do that. Than- yeah, much better. Yeah. It's about um, the person, yeah, the personality. Well, I mean, that's why that's why Tony's anxiety attacks. I, I don't know. I get, maybe it's another version of that. Maybe this asthma is like more of a psychological, psychosomatic thing. But we don't have time to explore that. Well, we just know he has asthma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that's what we've been doing with Tony for six seasons now. Is telling us about, yeah, figuring out what his weakness is in that sense. Um, yeah, inside the dream. I don't know. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. It was cute to have Tony being this other person. It was cute. The name Kevin Finity, I guess. Cute is the word I would use for it. I did yes. note, I thought it was interesting as well. Who do you think, when he was talk- on the f- talking on the phone to Calm, mm. it wasn't Edie Falco. No. It sounded to me like the actress that plays Adriana, but I wondered whether it might have been Artie's wife. I think wife. it was her. Because a Who's few wife? times, Artie's wife, whose name I can't remember. Oh, um, because uh, he wants to fuck her. Well, as a few times he's brought that up, he's even thought about like maybe she would be a better fit for me. Yeah, because he dated her. Is that right? He dated her, or he was fucking her before he got together with Carmela. Possibly because they all knew each other from high school. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, so maybe it's kind of like this alternate version if he had chosen to. Yeah, different life, different choices. Basically. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, 
a storyline or a sequence that I liked was when they did the wedding for Johnny Sax's daughter. Mm-hmm. And there were some fun moments in there, like Johnny and... Tony talking at the old people's table and pretending <laughs> to talk to the the, the oldies. Yeah, the um, aunties to have their conversation. Like, yeah, interrupting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also really liked how that ended and like this, you've got to go now, John, you've got to go, you've got to go. And then they push him out. And then when he breaks down because mm. of this humiliating moment that was happening to him, Tony has a real empathy for him in that moment and has come to sort of understand or is a bit more in touch with that emotional yeah. side of himself. And I then when everybody else is like, oh, what a show of weakness, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I also think that that's like, there might be an element of empathy, but I also think it's a self-preservation thing because Tony knows that he is susceptible to be seen as emotional. And so by undercutting that, he's kind of I, like, oh, it's not that bad. I think if it was self-preservation, he would have jumped in with Phil and said, yeah, oh my God, I can't believe that. What a... Pussy or whatever. Like that would have been what would have come out of Tony's mouth is to agree with what everyone was saying, not be the one person to say, you know, it was his daughter's wedding. Like, But I think he wants that to be the conversation going it happened forward, to him? I guess. Yeah. That was I suppose, my take on except, that. except he did the exact opposite when he went and beat the shit out of that Jack dude. Like, I think because he, like, was, was that after? Yes. And so, yeah, so he's probably realizing that you can't do that. And so he decides to beat up this that's, poor boy. That's what I mean. It's like, it's not to, his strategy is not to change people's minds. It is to get everyone to think he's just the toughest guy in the room. Well, I think at that point, yeah, absolutely. That's what ha- sure. is happening after that conversation he has with Melfi. And she's like, well, maybe you have to act like that's not how you feel. Uh, did you like any of Chris's stuff this season? Um, so obviously something big happened to Chris last season. Something fucking huge happened. We can talk about spoilers. Fucking he dobbed in Adriana and we got to see it in a flashback, actually. Him actually go to Tony about it, which I appreciated. The episode where we find out that he's, the girl he's seeing is pregnant and they're going to get married. I'm like, oh, this is obviously going to be the episode where we kind of deal with that. I was like, we better fucking deal with that in this episode if he's, you know, moving on um and yeah we get that flashback i believe that's in that episode when him and tony go Think off so yeah the, it's um, the, the episode the ride which might be that episode yeah i can't remember yeah um it was not satisfying where we get with what happened last season which was like so fucking big to me um and obviously chris is dealing with the ramifications of that um, making bad choices. But when isn't he making bad choices? Like, he's done that so often in the past. Yeah. Um, I wasn't particularly compelled with what they were doing with Chris this season. I cannot believe they didn't do more mm-hmm. with yeah. what is... There was so much there. ...fucking dramatic, like, gold. Yeah. To not... I know they skipped a year into the future and so we missed some stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do one flashback, do a whole fucking episode. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever it is. Well, that's what, yeah, it was this point when we flashed back. Like, I mean, flashed forward or whatever into, yeah, the present day. I was like, oh, okay. So, that's the, the tiny tidbit that we get of what happened that day. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm, they didn't funny. deal with it last season because they had other things to deal with with Tony B. Mm-hmm. And then they don't really think they dealt with it this season. Half of this season was him trying to pitch his fucking saw ripoff. Like, I'm sorry. 
Like, why are we punching Lauren Bacall in the face? <laughs> because they think that's funny. Because I guess the Sopranos were so big at that point they could. I was just like, mm-hmm. I don't ever want to see Lauren Bacall punched in the face. Oh, I mean, it's cool that Lauren Bacall was willing to be herself. I mean, and get I love that for and- her, but me, like, because I love her, I'm like, no, and also at that point in time, quite an old woman. <laughs> so yeah, don't want to say that. Mm. The problem with it is, it's funny in it's like, oh, they got Lauren Bacall, they punched Lauren Bacall in the face, not because it had anything to do with the show. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what was it saying? What was it doing? Where did the humor come from? Apart from, oh my god, the I shock guess value just like of all Hollywood Lauren people are cunts, and they are benefiting from their power and fuck them. But I was just like, not I don't know, punch Ben Kingsley. He's the one who's annoyed you all fucking episode. Anyway. Yeah, it felt like a weird flex to have them both in the show, but didn't really make good use of it. I thought the I thought the John Favreau stuff was much better. But that was also mm. because I don't think John Favreau is as like widely known as at least at that point mm. as Ben Kingsley and Lauren Bacall. They were there for the sake of being famous. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm get, being too cynical, but I thought that was that was really under underused. Mm. What they did with having those two actors on there playing themselves. Yes. Uh, yeah, didn't kind of over this whole Chris Bet trying to be a screenwriter thing. Unless you can find a new angle to it, yeah. him finding out that rich people get free shit and stealing mm. from them. Well, his thing is like because obviously okay. he, you know. Many, many moons ago, we knew that Chris wanted to like be a writer and, you know, have something to do with the movies and he loves all that Hollywood shit. And then this season we see him kind of like using what happened with AIDS as a weapon with Tony being like, you know, I've, he brings up the fact that he, what he did for the family. Um, but they never lean into that of like the resentment perhaps Chris would have and how he would yeah, that was the one thing he had. It's the only benefit of that situation for him was that maybe he could use it um, and how that might degrade his soul a little bit as well. Like, just nothing is ever done. Like, I just... Why... Surely, <laughs> the much more interesting thing to do with Chris, particularly as we get this stage, is maybe mm-hmm. go, what if he actually succeeds? What if the script is goddamn fucking awful, but for whatever reason, he can get Ben Kingsley attached, even mm-hmm. if it's through sheer intimidation or whatever, but he starts to succeed and he has to make a choice between that and the family. Mm-hmm. Like, that is so much more interesting than Chris wants to be a screenwriter. He's kind of shitty at it. He doesn't know how to do it. He just punches celebrities in the face and steals their shit. And on we move. Like, yeah. I, it's just a... Detour, and it's a detour we've mostly done before. Yep. Paulie? I w- that was going to be my next one. Um, I just, under Paulie, have written um, annoying non-entity. Like, I just feel sorry for his poor mother. Um, that's, that's in my side notes. It's like, I cannot handle Paulie yelling at his mum, who is played by the cutest little old lady. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's so distressing to watch. Yeah. It's so upset. And she's walking around with that little cane. And she's got this cute little puppy dog face. And I just can't. I wanted to kill Paulie. It's so fucking disrespectful. Because there's nothing, there's nothing redeeming about Paulie that makes me want to root for him to get better. I just want him gone. I just don't know why they've done this to Paulie. I remember quite liking him. But now he's just a piece of fucking work. 
He was through most through the middle of this show. They turned him into a piece of shit. He was the one that was talking to Johnny Sacks on the sides and yeah. trying to like, you know, undermining what Tony was doing. And then he came crawling back when mm. Johnny Sacks ended up not actually talking to. I think it was Carmine, the head mm. of the New York family at the time, and he'd completely fucked him over. And they came crawling back to Tony, and then mm. I don't know, he kills an yeah. old woman in her sleep at one point. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. Well, not was, in her sleep. She was very much awake she's during awake. that. Um, yeah, armed robbery situation. Um, well, that's the thing is like at the very beginning of this season, obviously Vito and Paulie are kind of wanting to stiff Carmella on this money situation. And Carmella says to Tony, she's like, oh, you know, maybe keep your eyes on Vito and Paulie, but especially Vito. And Especially but, Vito? Yeah, that's what she says. Yeah, yep. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and so I was just like, oh, well, maybe that's going to be a dynamic. Maybe Paulie's finally going to make some real moves or something. Something's going to happen there. Never happens. Obviously, Vito gets sidetracked with his storyline of being outed and Paulie just deals with finding out his mum isn't his real mum. No, with no... He just overreacts, mm-hmm. continues to overreact. Mm-hmm. Until eventually he decides, what was the reason? What was the reason he eventually decided he was over it and he just sort of shows up and watches TV with her? It wasn't that that mum came over and was saying like, please don't hurt my boy. Was that or was that earlier? I don't remember. Whatever it was, (laughs) it didn't stick. Like Mm. it wasn't dramatically compelling enough Mm -hmm. to make me go, okay, Paulie's learning. (laughs) Learning and changing. Mm. Um, what about Junior? We see, we get one episode with Junior and then he gets a scene here and there over the course of the rest of the season. It's a tragic tale. Yeah, it's so sad and depressing. Um, But they don't really do anything with it. No. No, everyone just kind of, yeah, figures he's stuck in this hole and they're just going to leave him there. Except for the moment where obviously AJ (laughs) pisses his pants and can't stab him. So Fuck it. What was his plan? So uh, stupid. Okay. Let's go to AJ for a second. Okay. Because I don't think there's actually anything to say about Junior. We, he's been tragically deteriorating yeah. for a long time. Mm-hmm. The situation with with shooting Tony was awful and tragic and he was so confused. And you understand that he didn't know what he was doing and he is innocent of deliberately trying to kill Tony. Mm-hmm. But dramatically, they all they do with Tony is he doesn't talk to him anymore and please don't talk to him about Junior. Yeah. So that I guess they took away his, but he's been he hasn't been a useful piece of advice to Tony for a couple of seasons now anyway. No. So he didn't really lose much beyond that. Um, so I'm not really sure. Apart from yeah, it's like okay, we're moving on from Junior, I guess. And then the AJ stuff is centered a little bit around that, where he's like, "Why haven't you done anything about Junior?" And then he get, mm. decides to go and try and he wants to be a big tough mobster guy. He does, I guess. <sighs> I don't know. I I really hate watching shitty teens on TV, unless yep. it's a whole cast of shitty teens. You know what I mean? Like I'd happily watch that, um, but watching like a mopey, mean asshole uh, complain about being asked, you know, to get up before noon. Look, we've all been there. We've all done it. But I don't want to see it on my TV. Not, not just as it is. Not without any insight into that relationship or what that means. Not yeah. any insight like 
He's just a piece of shit teenager well, going I mean. through like, a piece of shit part of his life. When I say I feel like I've been abandoned by the writers and I just have to hang out with these people yeah, for no yeah. rhyme or reason, I'm just like, oh, well, I don't want to hang out with this asshole, this kid. Yeah. I did I did like the conversation with Tony and AJ outside the police station when he bails mm-hmm. him out. Yeah. I thought that was a good moment for Tony as a dad. Didn't make mm-hmm. a difference to AJ, so... He was still a piece of shit the next episode, I'm pretty sure. Um, not that it's meant to be fixed that easily, but I was like, mm. okay. I suppose I was just a Tony growth moment and not an AJ one. The I, I really am pissed off that they just dropped the event planning thing completely and made a joke. Well, that's what's... <laughs> the, the joke around that is just... It confuses me. I mean, I know what they're doing, but I'm just like, don't point out your, like... I guess it's real life in terms of teens. Like, I'm going to do this and then be like, what are you doing? I'm not interested in that anymore. But it just made me go, well, I feel like that's just bad writing because you didn't know what to do with AJ and now you've, like, decided to take him down this route this season. Yes. That's how yeah. I felt too. Yeah. It felt it's like, don't even – why, why sow seeds if you then get there and go, actually, I'd never want it. I don't actually want to do that. Mm. Same with the spec house. Same with uh, Khan being a realtor. Whatever. Stop putting, stop sowing seeds for future seasons if you don't want to do anything with it. Yeah. They really are just making it up as they go along. They, it really, really does feel like that. Mm-hmm. The, did you like AJ's new girlfriend, Blanca? First of all, in what world? In what? I know. It doesn't make no, any sense. No. He looks Zero 12. <laughs> he looks so young. Like a Zero wee baby. Sense. And she is ridiculous. Like, she is a very attractive yeah. older lady yeah, who does not need to be hanging around with, I think, is a 17-year-old. I don't know, 18-year-old? Yeah. I mean, Manu? like, I get that he, I guess he's the boss's son, but, like, even that is not justification for that absolute fantasy that I have to sit through because ridiculous <laughs> ridiculous this show is like so much either they're having wacky dreams or it's like full-on realism i don't want to see that kid's wet dream and i don't want to have to pretend it's real i refuse meadow doesn't have a storyline this season has nothing to do who? who's that i don't know her yeah. <laughs> she just keeps showing up at events and everyone tells her how like what an attractive young woman she's become yeah, can't wait till you get married who cares we're really shitting on this season at I this know. point. <laughs> I but think at this point, like... It, it shows was, that we've just checked out a well, little bit Well, it wasn't that bad, I think, is the thing. Um, but there's also nothing to talk about. So, I feel like That's, I just fall into a space of like, well, that was silly or I didn't really care about that because I don't have anything to go, to go, oh, my God, that moment really sticks in my mind. I, I think also the problem is, I think there's, on paper, there is stuff to talk about. But when the execution is as flawed as it so often is in this show, mm-hmm. it just leaves you going, boy, that didn't work and wanting to move on because it yeah. didn't it didn't affect me. It didn't work for me in the moment watching the show. So I don't have an emotional reaction. All I can do is critique the fact that mm. it didn't work. And another yeah. example of that I just want to come back to very quickly because I, I don't want to uh, dwell on this stuff for too long. But I talked about the Vinny side of things in terms of how they were handling it when he was off in his storyline. Mm-hmm. But also I didn't think they handled it that well when they were talking about what the effect of Vinny being outed as gay meant. Mm. So, 
to some degree, they all see that as some sort of thing you can't do. He's not a real man. You know, he's a traitor to them as men and as capital F family. Mm. Now, sorry, is his name Vinny or Vito? Is it Vito? Maybe it was Vinny. Maybe it's Vito. Sorry. Sorry. Go on. He, I've written it down wrong if that's the case. With Vito, he, when when they're talking about it, it's just on, it just keeps being gay hating. Gay hate, gay hate, gay hate, gay hate, gay hate. And it's like, I understand that these guys are not ever going to accept that of him. I know that there's this awful toxic masculinity that runs through them, but it doesn't need to be more than an episode's worth of that, surely. How is that half a season conversation? Don't need what, sorry? We don't need five like scenes. Scenes every episode. episode. A scene where we see Phil talking to another family member, a character I don't care about about this Mm. again. The same thing that's been iterated upon eight hundred times. It's why I talk about it being clumsy. It's like there Mm. might be something here to talk about, but you are not sophisticated enough to do Mm. it in a meaningful way, except to keep repeating the same sentiment over and over and over again. The use of the F words like not fuck, obviously. Like so so many times. And then we have like a character who I don't think I've seen before talking about wanting to pretty much like drag Vito at the back of his car to death, one would assume. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just kind of like, no, I get these guys are really homophobic and they have expressed it a lot. A lot. But there's just like a degree that makes me go, this scene goes for quite a long time. Um, It's pretty intense and it doesn't let up. For, like you said, episodes, it just feels like gratuitous. They, yeah, absolutely gratuitous yeah. and damaging with no concept. That is my of what point. That is about. That is my problem. And so maybe, in a sense, talking about. It's the same thing with the sex worker who gets murdered. Yes, yes, like, that's exactly. Yeah, it. it's just kind of yes. like, oh come on, you fucking assholes! Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is like maybe at at the time there was sophistication in talking about um, domestic abuse in mm. that situation back then, and maybe there is something about talking about a man who is found out to be gay and has been outed and not able to live his authentic life, etc. But they do not have the tools in this show to actually do it in a way that has any any sophisticated way. Yeah. It is only they keep leaning on, A, repeating the same words and mm-hmm. ideas and sentiments over and over again, not leading towards anything of value, I don't think, mm. and to the point sometimes where it feels like, are you just enjoying saying this? Are you enjoying yeah. watching the characters and writing the characters in being so homophobic. Because that's yeah, what it felt like that, sometimes. Yeah, I agree. And just even the way, the two things. Firstly, in the way that he is killed or it's described that he's killed, yep. in which he is sodomized with a pool cue, is so disturbing and what a terrible image. Um, and then secondly, after all of that, homo- all those homophobic scenes we get, even after the guy has fucking died and that guy comes in, he's talking to Syl and that, rando that apparently we're meant to know and, and they kill him and he's just going on and on about Vito's death and I'm just like ugh it made me feel gross gross but I didn't understand the purpose of feeling that way yes agreed any last words final thoughts that's why you always leave a note 
just to start final thoughts, I figured mm-hmm. out what I was doing wrong. It is Vito. I had it written Vito in a lot of my notes. Yes. But then he goes by the alias of Vince, and somehow mm-hmm. that's turned to Vinny in my notes. Don't ask me how it <laughs> happened. Once I was collating them, that's what the headline I put them under in my things. Anyway, for apologies to Vito. Do you have any side notes to mask? I actually do this episode. Oh, go for I know. it. Um, there's, I mean, I really like Ro. Yes, um, I do too. I really enjoy her. I, I like her energy. I a- like their chemistry, their friendship. I dig I- it. I've always liked Ro for yeah. some reason. She's always stood out amongst the mobsters wives group as being, I don't know, just the most interesting or entertaining. She's yeah. just fun to watch on screen. She really is. Um, so it's just a quote of when sh- her and Calm are in Paris and they're about to leave the hotel. And she just goes, shit, the Toulouse-Lautrec placemats, which is just the perfect kind of American tourist or even Australian tourist going to Paris. And that's absolutely what you would buy at the Louvre. Um, I really enjoyed that. And my other side note, it's just like, you know, the magic of The Sopranos is that every episode goes for five years. So much happens and yet it feels like nothing happens. Like I was really at that point just marvelling at how this show is somehow doing that for like 17 hours every season. <laughs> uh, the next one is that I can't deal with seeing Adriana in Paris with Cosette. Oh, you couldn't deal with it? It made me so sad because mm. I, I, I remembered the fucking dog thing, which was so upsetting yeah. last season. It just yeah. made me sad for both of them. I think that was the season before even perhaps the the dog thing when oh, Chris yes. was at his yeah, lowest point. Been, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that was... Yeah. That was and, traumatic. Um, and my final side note was what I've already mentioned is like Paulie being mean to his mum was something that I just yeah. couldn't handle. Um, what did you think actually of the Adriana ghost fade out in episode one in Calm's Dream? <sighs> I think I've tried to block it out. Look, there's <laughs> a lot of... Weird edits. And for some reason, a lot of them seem to be around calm. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure why, <laughs> but look, she gets she gets a tough edit. And so yes. do people in her, in her scenes. Yeah. Uh, some quotes that I like from this season. A lot of Tony-isms. Uh, the circle jerk of life. Yeah. That was a nice Tony-ism. Uh, there's actually a Chris one, I think. Law and Order, the SUV. Yeah. Talking <laughs> yeah. TV shows. Oh, the, the guy the, the script writer had written on. Yeah. Or order. Um, every day is a gift, but does it have to be a pair of socks? I like that one. Mm-hmm. I know I annoy people. You can just stop there, Janice. You didn't have to say <laughs> any more. That was absolute truth in one mm-hmm. in five words. Well done. Uh, also, I think it's the last episode, second, second last episode. Tony's talking about AJ, like being on MSN or something, being in his, one of his chit-chat rooms. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful as well. I did notice this. It feels like the first time they've done so many flashbacks this season. And by mm. so many, I mean two. <laughs> but I don't remember flashbacks being a big part. Apart from like, there was obviously when we had sort of Tony reminiscing about the time he saw his dad. Yeah, his childhood. Yeah. But they've always been, I think, in conversation like they've been brought bringing up or illustrating what he's talking mm-hmm. about as opposed to, we're just going to have this person think back to this moment. The, the weirdest one being um, the the real estate agent that Chris is with, when she remembers back to meeting Chris at AA, <laughs> I was like, did we need that to be a flashback? You couldn't have maybe just shown that a little bit earlier that they knew each other from that. Do you remember that scene? I Yes. No, sorry. I do. I So, I was, <laughs> I was thinking of the real estate agent that he buys the house from. 
Like when him and his wife walk up to the real estate no, agent. No, not and that I was one. like, I don't remember a random flashback of that woman. Now no. I understand. Uh, what's her name? Juliana Margulies? Juliana, is that right? Sure. Yep. Anyway. Um, yes, that was, I was like, are we doing a time skip thing? Like what's, what is actually happening? I mean, was that the final episode? Uh, Either way, I feel like we were really running through things at that point. Like we were really jumping time a lot. They were making it up as they went along. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's interesting how much terrorism has crept into the show or the idea of it. Mm. And I guess it makes sense because of the time. Mm. Like this sort of the 9-11 happens like right early on towards the middle of the Sopranos run. Obviously, it's a big effect on New York and New Jersey is close enough in proximity to be affected by that as well. I'm just not sure if it's going anywhere. They sort of bring up this idea of the FBI. Uh, No, I don't think it's meant to be going anywhere. I think it's just kind of illustrating how much like law enforcement is changing at that time. Which like they're I moving got, away from the era. Yeah. I was happy with that. That was fine. But then mm. we had that moment where the guys came and bought some guns from Chris. Who and are those Mentone two guys at the bar them, all the time? They keep alluding to and talking about. I think it's the same it, I think They it's are the same, same guys. guys. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, what are we doing with that? Are they going somewhere with it is what I want to yeah. know. Because it's Why like, are they always saying hi to Tony? Yeah. If you're just saying that the FBI's focus has shifted from organized crime to terrorism, then mm. that's a very that's an interesting thing to say. Mm-hmm. I don't need there to be this semi subplot, maybe that maybe they're working with terrorist organizations, unless it's going somewhere. So if it doesn't go somewhere, much like the grenade that we saw last season, mm. I'm gonna be pretty pissed. That, Do you that, think like, maybe it's just kind of like a really clumsy and not well executed way of obviously the shift being from organized crime to terrorism, the shift of, like, bias against Italian-Americans to Muslim people. Like, they're Just now on the flip side of that. Just give me one episode about that then. Why does it have to be sprinkled in the way it does? There and is not a- really doing anything? Yeah. No, I agree. I'm just wondering that- if that is perhaps the reasoning behind it. I'm not saying it's done well, um, but... Yeah. Because it also, they tied it back to the guy that Adriana had that whole thing with last season that ended up with her having, yeah. the FBI having stuff on her, which meant that they were going to like, you know, bring her in. Yeah. And I was like, okay, maybe we can make this all fit together in some way that's compelling and interesting on a plot level. And so far, no. Uh, apparently, Silver's a big Spider-Man fan. He's quoting uh, Peter Parker with great and Uncle Ben with great power comes great responsibility. But that was uh, what a nerd. That was good. What a nerd. Uh, I didn't realize until last season, and I remembered again this season that the bees in Butter Bing have nipples on the sign. Have you ever noticed that? I've never noticed that actually. <laughs> like cool. on the B, like on the curves on yeah. the bees. No, I know nipples. where nipples go. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, I did study medicine, curve, so I just wanted say. to make sure you understand, you know, that you were up to gotcha. scratch. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, moments I liked. I love that Paulie talking to Tony in a coma is what, like, caused Tony's heart rate to go up. I thought that was very, very funny. Yeah, being and, annoyed to death. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. It could have been Janice as far as I'm concerned. Um, the bit about asking a man a favor on the day of his daughter's wedding was yep. pretty funny as well. Like just mm-hmm. to come back around to that uh, conceit from, I'm guessing that's the Godfather. I haven't that seen is, it, but I'm pretty yeah. sure that's right. I loved Sal being absolutely wrapped. He never has to mow for Johnny Sack's lawn ever again. Yeah, he's like, so happy. So happy. And like just getting up the courage to ask Tony, yeah. like, does this mean I can stop doing it? Yeah. And then Tony and 
I think it's still giving him a hard time. Yeah. And then finally, like, don't worry about it anymore. And he's just like, this is my yeah, The my cutest day. little smile on his face. Yeah. Speaking of things like where the show confuses me with what it's doing mm. and where I don't think it's sophisticated enough to be doing what it's doing. When we have uh, Vito and the, his lover in this small town, I can't remember his name, mm. having, I think they're having sex for the first time or maybe it's not the first time, but they're about to engage in intercourse. They cut to a shot of Bobby's trains going into the tunnel. I was like, go fuck yourself, show. <laughs> yeah. Go fuck yourself. Take this seriously for a second. I dare you. Yeah. I dare you to not try and make this, ha, 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 isn't this funny watching two men be together on screen for a yeah. second. Yeah. And also like that's yeah something to bring up is that when we first we see Vito in the leather club. Yes. And that could have been cool being like, oh, you know, this is like this. We're seeing the leather community, which is obviously mm-hmm. a very important part of the gay community. That's cool. Except I think it's just like straight writers who think yes. that's what gay culture is. 100%. Yeah. It's not actually informed. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. I do. I really could have gone with an episode of Tony Soprano going to Australia. I'm really sad he uh, <laughs> turned down that holiday. Yeah. That would have Very been sad. an episode to remember. <laughs> least favorite and favorite episodes. What was your least favorite episode, Damascus? I think I'm going to go with the last episode. Because okay. what happens so often with this show is that it begins and I'm excited because of where we left last season. I'm like, okay, maybe we'll go somewhere this season. Um, and the middle is always a real slump. But then in the, you know, usually the final episode or maybe the the second last episode, I'm like, things are happening. Cool. I feel like I've actually gone somewhere this season. Well, I didn't even get that this season. We started off and I was like, cool, we're going somewhere. Then we get a slump and then the final episode happens. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? So I think I'm just going to have to go with the final episode because like that's usually our payoff with Sopranos and it paid me nothing. I'm, I'm going to give it some slack because it is halfway point of the season technically rather than the actual Fuck off, end of the season. Fuck off, it's 12 episodes. Fuck <laughs> off. That's, that's bullshit. No, you, no, no. I'm not letting you do that. No. Fair enough. No, you know what? Well, good argument. Well reasoned. Uh, <laughs> I am gonna say my least favorite episode. It could have been a bunch of them, actually. There's mm. a bunch. You could you could throw a blanket over a few <laughs> <Yeah>. of them. <laughs> episode seven, luxury lounge. Mm. I didn't really care for the Chris going to LA or wherever yeah. they went to pitch the thing to Ben. Like it's cute that you got mm. Ben Kingsley and Lauren Bacall. Mm. That's as much yeah. as it did and for what me. And what is it? What's his name? Artie. Artie storyline sucks too. Such a fucking loser. Oh, he's so annoying. Look. I just like. I know they want me to remember that Artie was like Tony's high school friend. They're mm. thick as thieves. He's there all the time at his restaurant. Artie and yet they is don't an get annoying... along at all. They don't seem to like each other in the Art, slightest. There is annoying side character <laughs> yes. who I. Do not need a full episode finding out that he's a massive loser again. Mm-hmm. I know. Already I know. I've been told. Yeah. Tony giving him some good advice and him possibly listening to Tony. I didn't mind. Wasn't worth an episode. Favorite episode? Um, I'm going to go with episode two. It's mm-hmm. the first purgatory one, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was, yeah, that was fine. Um, I re- Like I said earlier, I really enjoyed more the hospital stuff. And at that point, with the way things were going, so we've got this dramatic event with Tony. Um, people are kind of reckoning with what that means, what the future of the family is going to be. I was excited to see where we go 
We didn't go anywhere. But at this moment I, in time, I didn't know. I was so innocent. I was so young, so sure. full of hope. And so I'm giving it to episode two. I am, for similar reasons, going to say episode one is my favourite, mm-hmm. episode one members only. I think a lot happened very quickly. A lot had happened off screen as well. Mm. Um, but the the story around Gene, who is a guy that we've seen, I guess, before, but not really come to know very well, and him trying to leave the family and how hard that is, it was almost like watching mm. one of the peons deal with Tony rather than Tony deal with the situation necessarily. It's like yeah. how hard it is to leave the family. And then the dramatic and tragic ending to that story I thought was quite compelling. And then where that led to with or where we end up with Tony and Junior with Junior shooting Tony, mm. I was like, oh my God, I don't know what's happening. And a lot seems to be happening very quickly. And I think I like thematically where this season is going. Mm. Um, oh. at that point I was quite mm. into what the show was putting down. Yes. So I just remembered a thought I had while I was watching this season. Should have put it in side notes, but that's fine. Oh, yeah, um, it's fine. Is that I think the character who has had the most growth and an actual arc is like Pussy's wife, the woman who owns the body shop. Sure. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I, that's another thing. I, I like. I would watch her story. Her mobster husband dies. She takes over his body shop, and then she becomes a fucking badass. Yeah, I was like that's a show to me. Anyway, that, I just, that, I just calm, that. that calm resents because she's yes, actually got she a career. She can buy her own car, and calm has yeah. to get it as a present. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, do you have any predictions, hopes, and concerns going into the last? I want to say nine episodes. Mm-hmm. I predict nothing will happen. <laughs> I have concerns that nothing will happen. Um, what's the other one? Oh, I hope something happens. <laughs> do you is it? Do you have any hopes as to like what this show ultimately amounts to? Where this is there anything you would like to happen in the remaining nine episodes? I don't think so because I don't think they have showed me really at any point that they can tell me a story that I personally find satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I do think we may have just accidentally started a war. Between New York and New Jersey, yes. I thought but you meant with Soprano fans. No, I, mean, I was like, yeah, probably, I, yeah, definitely. Uh, probably have done that as well. Uh, I do think that maybe is what's happened in this situation, if I'm mm. remembering correctly. So maybe that will make for some interesting things if there's actually some like, you know, attacks and and return fire and things are happening on a like mob war level. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, I wonder if that grenade will come back. I hope. I hope. I that wasn't just a nothing thing. It's been so long since we saw that grenade. Um, it was middle of last season or start of last season. We saw it in the cabinet, and then we saw that it was gone middle of the season. It's been so long since we've seen that grenade. It's That's been okay. That's okay. 10 shows, hours. shows can have long setups with payoff. Sure. I just don't trust this show to do it. <laughs> No, I think they've forgotten about that grenade. Now, I also want to ask, mm. just to be 100% clear, you don't know how this show ends, do you? You've no. You've never accidentally come across, you've never accidentally heard, like, what happens in the last oh, episode I, or anything like that? Not, like, a clear description, mm-hmm. but I know a vague telling of what happened. Very vague. I, can I... Possible spoilers, possible spoilers, for okay. those who haven't watched... The last six episodes. So if you do want to 
Yeah, in fact, why am I'm I about put- to be spoiled? I don't want to be spoiled either. I'm not. I'm not going to spoil you. I'm not going to say. Okay. I want to hear what you've heard. So I'm going to say this. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting okay. Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shawnee Boy Draws. Our theme song and bumpers from Lucas Hull of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at B Gordis. That's B G O R D E S to mask. Sorry, I wasn't concentrating. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. On Twitter, I mean, at MaskingMoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. I don't know where I went, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode, you went to autopilot and Brod's got this. He'll see it Exactly. Through. Next episode, we'll be back to discuss The Handmaid's Tale Season 4. If you do not want possible but not necessarily spoilers for the last nine episodes of The Sopranos, episode's over, get out of here. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Damask. Yes. What is the vague description you've heard? Because I, okay. I have watched... Yeah. The last couple of minutes, I think, of this show. I mm-hmm. saw it years ago, but I remember it well enough to know what it was like. What have you heard, just out of interest? I have heard it's a scene where, like, nothing is really happening. And then you might think something's going to happen, but then it just goes to black. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, I was just interested to know what you had or hadn't heard, potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard I was- it's, like, one of the most disappointing finales ever so <laughs> want to know where your expectations were oh incredibly low broad for when we low. get there in yeah. that moment okay in the meantime thank you again for listening we'll see you next time bye for now bye hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.